Yes, good evening, Vic. How are you? I am fantastic. Really good. Loving this lockdown luck. <laughs> it suits your lifestyle, doesn't it, walking around the Teesside Hills? I mean, the, the three things in my life at the minute, obviously, is uh, walking every day with the dog for many, many hours and many, many miles, watching a bit of football and going shopping. That's the highlights of the week. You know, that's it. <laughs> that's a trio of things. I'm just talking to people about Teesside and what it means to them. Yeah. And you're an interesting case because you've been here 35 years now. Wow. And you're a Teesside icon, but oh. you obviously you're not from here. Yeah. Do, do you, have you started to feel that you're a Teesider? Um, I, I would have to say yes. I've spent longer here than I did in Glasgow. My boys are born and bred in Teesside. Um, I've always indicated after that initial year in Teesside, I didn't like it. I wanted to return home. And obviously, as you've mentioned, 35 years later, I'm still here. Why am I still here? I love the people. I love the area. There's a similar sort of a working class background for where I'm from in Glasgow. So I think I think there's a lot of similarities. You know, people say salt of the earth and down to earth people and hard grafters. Well, I think I make that connection Glasgow and down here. So there's loads of similarities for me. Was that immediate when you came? Did you sense that straight away or, or was it was there a culture shock? Oh, no, it was such a shock when I come off the train and I seen the smog, the cooling towers. My first person I met was a prostitute. I thought, I've landed <laughs> in the, of the wrong place here. <laughs> so, so I have to say that, that that thing about, you know, your, your initial impressions are somewhere. We'll never never gauge that. I've looked at people in the past, so don't like him, don't like her. And then you get to know them and they're fantastic people. I know people who said that to me, looked at me in face value and looked at me, whatever, the way I dress and think, toss her. Um, and then I've got to know me down the line. I've went, I never thought you were as, what, you know. I, I was a guy at Newcastle. He's a Newcastle fan. He used to work on the radio with me at Century. And when we went to me, me and Ali got dressed, and used to go to the airports to travel to watch Middlesbrough in Europe. And yes, we were in Europe two years in the bounds for those younger viewers. Um, <laughs> and he, he says many years later, he says, I used to be traveling in Newcastle in Europe and see you with Ali. And you see with your suit on and, you know, groomed. And, and I thought, daughter. He says, but I've met you now and you're total opposite of what I thought you were. So people get a, a first impression. My first impression of TC yeah. was, dear God, what have I kept? And 35 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. In many ways, you're an adopted Teesider. Everyone recognises you as that. But obviously, you've got the broad Glasgow accent. So do you do you feel like a sense of dislocation? Do you, do you, th do you think of yourself as Scotch? Because of my accent? No, no. I mean, I still talk to people when I'm on the radio or over the years or when I do the lounges, I try and be a wee bit posh or not as rough with my Scottish accent. I have to sometimes think about it, depending on who's listening. Um, yeah, but I've still got a few Teesside sayings, you know, that I hear other people saying that I don't like saying like <laughs> But there's a few, you know, that I've cottoned on to, you know. And I presume your kids, your kids have got Teesside accents. Oh yeah, they're Teesiders, yeah, born, born and bred here. I mean, both of them are in Glasgow now, but they 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 didn't go to Glasgow till the last few years. But they're they're still big Borough fans, and still love the area. And I, I still send them pictures when I'm out walking with my dogs and wherever I go, I still send them pictures. Yeah, yeah. So they're born and bred in Teesside and um, born in the James Cook. You're an interesting experiment in identity because you're obviously broad Scots, but you played for Ireland. Is that a conflict there as well? Do you feel Irish sometimes? 
Do you feel Irish? Well, I'm not all my Irish uh, tops there. Yeah, I, I think I'm Irish. <laughs> um, no, I mean, people get this this uh, perception, or some people have, the, the knowledgeable people out there regarding football, that I, I jumped to Ireland because I didn't have a, a choice. They were the first uh, international team to give me an opportunity. But, but that's untrue, because I spoke to the Scotland manager, and he says he was going to cap me, whether it be cap, full cap, he would definitely cap me with Scotland. And then I had a word with the late, great Jack Charlton, who I absolutely adored. And after I met Jack, and he says, listen, hang fire, so I'll give you a cap against Wales. And he was talking like seven weeks away. Then uh, I had a word with my late father, um, and we both of us came to the same agreement that maybe the Republic is a better outfit to join. Scotland did nothing for me as an individual. Uh, so I've no loyalties or, or allegiance to Scot- Scotland or Scottish football. Finishing Scot- top, Scotland's top scorer in 84-85 season and not one club coming in for you. What's that about? And I think I've proved myself in a, in a tougher, tougher league, not league, because I've been in every league in England. So, yeah, I don't know what it was or who was saying what, but to, to score 31 goals that season, we had an unfashionable team who admittedly weren't a very good team, but surely that's a greater feat and you're hoping to attract people, but nobody right. did. So, and do, do, do the Irish regard you as Irish? Well, it depends who you talk to, doesn't it? I mean, whenever I mean, I laugh at it now because Jack Charlton was a way ahead of the game. I'm not a cricket fan, as you well know, Vic. I could hardly spell cricket, let alone <laughs> tell you about the cricket game. But I'm sure, I'm sure last summer that the England cricket team won some trophy and the guy that lifted it was from yeah. Dublin. So... Chant was heavily criticised then, uh, heavily criticised, like myself. There was uh, Ronnie Whelan, um, John Aldridge, Andy Townsend. Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy and Pippa Barnsley. But he was trying to get everybody in because Ireland's a small population. But now, if you were to say what I'm saying now, oh, yeah, your man that lifted the cricket trophies for Dublin, he's an Irishman. Uh, the big clash is whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're a bigot, you're a this, you're a that. Back then, Jack got hammered with every national yeah. paper and pundits. But you do have links. You do have links to Ireland, though. It was a legitimate. It wasn't just because, you know, you, you don't fight the Guinness. No, 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 no. I, I believe it or not, right? No, my, 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 my late parents, mother and father, both, one was my mother's mother was from the, the north of Ireland, another one was from the south. So I, I could have went right. Northern Ireland as opposed to the Republic. So I, had another, I didn't throw that one in, but that was another route I could have went. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I don't see any problems with that. I mean, look at Declan Rice, Irishman, playing for England. Yeah. Yeah, lad at West Ham. So I don't mind that now. If you've got an option and you're going to pick the best option, and if you've not got an option, then the first one that comes in, you're yeah. going to take it. Those Irish routes are fairly easy for us to understand, but in Glasgow... That was a problem, wasn't it? Identity in Glasgow is 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 a a toxic uh, a, a toxic factor, isn't it? Oh no, no. I, I mean, I, oh, without a doubt, is is the biggest thing in Glasgow, you know. And and um, the biggest part of that was growing up in Glasgow. And when I grew up in Glasgow as a fourteen, fifteen year old boy, um, the 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 guy I still remember his name, uh, myself and Graham Sharp, that went on to Everton fame. Uh, this guy knew what he was talking about, used to write. You know, you see the, the clipboards and the iPads and that down now. Well, this guy called Bill Livingston used to write in the back of a woodbine packet 
and write things down about the game or whatever and dig up at half time and full time. And then we come in the following week and they say, listen, the Ranger Scout's here today. He won't be watching you, right? He won't be watching you. He won't be watching you, Bernie, and he won't be watching you because you're Catholic. So as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16 I was told that to my face. But we weren't offended. That was part of the course. Rangers didn't sign Catholic for 100 years. So the bigotry was rife. I mean, in today's society, if you were to say, we're not saying that lad because he's a black lad or that lad, you'd be hung, drawn, and quartered, and rightly so. Yeah. But it's moved on. I watch Rangers now, and I see players blessing themselves. They would have never have blessed themselves 20 years ago. They'd have yeah. been thrown in the River Clyde with leads around their boots. You know what I mean? But I, I also, I, I'm not biased uh, I've got Rangers. I've looked at Celtic, and I didn't know this. Recently, I got the loft in this pandemic finding uh, whatever I find, and I found out that uh, the late great Jock Steen, the first manager to, to lift the European Cup, he was the first Protestant that Celtic employed. So there was bigotry on the other side as well. So rife. And up mm-hmm. there now, there's still a toxic feeling when you go there, and depending on where you go. And there's certain pubs you have to go to, and you can't go to that one if you wear green, and you can't go to that one if you wear blue. Ridiculous, ridiculous. I'm, I'm glad I'm away from all that. I, I, I just... So when you came to Teesside then, was it a relief to be away from that? I think it was, yeah, because I, I all my pals and some of my pals today, I still don't know what religion they are. doesn't matter to me. As long as I like you, I like you. End of. You know, I've, I've clashed with a few people over religion. I don't mean fighting, but say my bit. But... Uh, no, I was glad to get away from that because, um, yeah, nobody should know your religion. Well, if somebody asks you religion, I think it's ill-mannered. You know, and I've been asked that several times. I've never asked anybody their religion. I think it's ill-mannered. It's the way you're brought up. But, uh, yeah, when I, when I keep hearing everything down here about the racial thing, I think, yeah, every right to keep digging it, but I keep casting my mind back to Glasgow thinking, there's 50,000 singing your Fenian this or your orange that, or your, and they still do it. But because it's mass mob, they can't. It's easy if we John shouts whatever, he's persecuted, and rightly so, but you can't persecute 50,000 people in the one game. So it's still rife up there, it's still toxic. I've got pals, both Celtic and Rangers pals who go up there to the games, and they assure me that there's still a, a bad feeling, especially on derby games yeah. and match day or whatever. So you came down here, you had a clean sheet, and you delivered for Borough, and you became a fantastic hero. Uh, and for a while, when you were on the radio and uh, on Borough TV, you were possibly one of the most famous people on Teesside. Uh, well, mate, one of the most hated people. Well, as I well, don't right? know. The, all the little old ladies <laughs> used to love you as well, didn't they? They all queued up outside bins. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And the wrong uh, old ladies. Um, no, I was fortunate. I think part of my persona, part of my character, I've always been opinionated as a youngster, as a, a, a young adult, as a player. And I think um, I was very fortunate that at the time the radios were looking for characters like me. When I joined the Legend Show. Malcolm McDonald was opinionated, uh, Big Eagle, Eric Gates, similarities, me. And we were, we were all similar, and we had arguments on air that were genuine. They weren't false. Sometimes we wanted to kill each other. People maybe thought we were kidding. It was an act. It wasn't an act. So we were real. 
I'm not saying the clubs loved it, but we loved it, and the people, we, we knew were the audience figures. And then yeah. when I went, did all the games with Ali, God, God rest him, um, we were chopping cheese night and day. Good guy, bad guy. Um, blinkered, unblinkered. So it's, it's striking a partnership or a trio when the legends were there, but I think that's part of it as well and why people... I think in the modern day, I don't think I'd last two minutes in the, in the yeah, industry. But that, that period made you more famous than the period when you were a player. Probably did and probably made me more money as well. You're right. You're right. How sad is that? You know, how sad is that, that on a radio show that you're doing just over the northeast, that you're getting paid more and more people listening, more people, yeah, more people tuning in and actually watch you playing football. And yeah, but as I say, we were in, we were in your ears tours every yeah. night. You, know, you weren't, was, so I used to turn a, it off. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. I used to get one of them who say, hiya lads, it's John here, I'm in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> but but we did we did over three thousand shows, three thousand shows. It's an incredible amount of shows live every yeah. night. We were number one in the country. I know Talksport there, but Talksport were on back then at that time. And between six and eight, we were right up there. And it's because I think it's because we were open, uh, we were honest and forthright, and we didn't pussyfoot around, and we could have a laugh, and people could have a go at us. We never vetted any calls. It was just. Fill your books as long as you don't swear. Come on and fill your books. Yeah. Say what you want. So, so it was, it was I mean, you've you've had a a very uh, privileged post football career in a lot of ways, haven't you? You've been able to do what you want, and as you say, you like the walking, you love the the area. You've fallen lucky. Without a doubt, I, I, look, I look at myself as very privileged. I so thank God I'm so religious. I thank God every day. I pray for people that I know who aren't too good or poor or. Um, I don't take things for granted. I still look back and uh, appreciate Middlesbrough giving me the opportunity. I know I criticise them when they're crap, and, and I'll keep doing that. That's my style. But I still appreciate the late, great Willie Madron for picking up the letter and Barry Gelder, God rest him, that got the initial letter. Steve Gibson, who sanctioned it. Uh, the fans for supporting me and backing me uh, throughout the years. Um, yeah, I mean, if... if People came around my house and thought that I just played football and I criticised Borough and I hate them. Everything in my house, well, hidden in the room or the loft, I don't, nobody comes in and sees them. They're in a private room or up my, it's just all Borough gear, hat trick balls, my Borough shots, Borough memorabilia, all the gazette cuttings when I did it with you over the years. I've kept everything. I'm a hoarder, a Borough hoarder, a football hoarder. So it's not as if I just done it, counting my money and went, yeah, I, I, I don't want to let it go because it's a big part of my life and, and I loved every minute of it, and I still love it. Uh, and now you spend most of your day walking around, don't you? Walking around different parts of Teesside. And... Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, sometimes I go to the barrage. With, well, before a lot of the pandemic things kicked in, I've been up and doing there a few times with a couple of my ex-teammates. Over the pandemic, when it's been allowed, a lot of my mates have been coming up here, guys like Pallister, Curtis Fleming, Jeff Winter, Matt Proctor. This is sort of the hub to come and meet the lads. And, and every yeah. time I take my walk, you might hear them moaning. The moaning is after 75, 80 year old men. Oh, we're not going up that hill. Oh, how many miles? Seven, eight miles. I'm saying, what else are you doing? It's a pandemic. Relax, enjoy it. Enjoy the views, the fresh air, the fitness side. Yeah. A couple of, I was really lads today. By God, they were moaning. <laughs> anyway. So, I mean, you, you've seen the area, you know the beauty. What do you say to people I do. Like from Glasgow? You know, they say, oh, you live in Middlesbrough. That's a real hellhole. 
what what do you tell them? No, no, no. I see. No, it's it's a, it's an well, it was a a famous industrial town, hard working people, hard grafters. You know, um, will help you. The, the the people, it's very little money would help you if you needed them. You know, and uh, I can harness on to that, as I say, as earlier from uh, my background in Glasgow. So I would never not the area. Had what an area. I was gutted when the ICI and all that shut down. You know what I mean? I was thinking, you know, it's not just, it's the people in there. And then it's got a knock-on effect and the town's in its knees. And then the cameras are coming into Watchborough, hammering the area. They don't know anything about the area. They come in for five minutes, pan their cameras up the Eston Hills or the bit of small, smog or smoke over the years or where the ICI is, and then they'll, they'll, they'll cane it. Come, come a wee drive ten minutes outside of Middlesbrough. It's still part of it, the area. It's stunning. It's stunning. It's so stunning that I don't see where I'm going to go my walks <laughs> and take loads of pictures. And I take pictures. Some people might think, Tosser, taking pictures, what you try. I'm taking pictures to try and get people off the backside. I don't see where I am. I just say, great shot tonight. And I do it for a reason. I do it because I'm still amazed with how nice it is. Certain nights, there's a light, there's a sun, there's trees, there's a deer, there's a snake. There. And I love to share that and try and, and always try and put something like, um, you know, remember in your daily exercise because mental health is a massive thing. I've struggled in the past. I know other guys have struggled, women have struggled. And it's just a wee G to try and, hey, I can do it. Come on, I'm no... I'm no 18, 25 at the minute. You know, get up off your backside and go and try and do a bit if you're capable enough to do it. Because it's good for your health, your breathing, your fitness, your eyes. You see a bit of beauty, and especially during this pandemic. Okay, Bernie, we'll leave it there. That was a good advert for the Teesside uh, Tourist Board. Uh, thanks a lot for talking to us. Thank you. And make sure that you stay here because you're a Teesider now. I am a Teesider. You're right. Dead right. Dead right. Thanks, Bernie. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Talking Teesside podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe and leave us a review. For more of our content, head over to thetease.online or to catch up on the latest from us, you can follow us over on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at thetease.online. Thanks again and until next time, bye. Bye.